Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, yeah, that be me. How you doing? It's uh, August 9, 8, 9, 21. And I'm going to keep myself from saying anything about the weather until we get to something a little heavier because the climate crisis is uh, front and center in the news today and as it will be every day for the rest of our lives. <laughs> However, I want to start <clears throat> I want to start with my usual <clears throat> unpleasant voice and um just share with you a a tweet that I found uh particularly delightful because it absolutely <laughs> sort of sums up how I spend much of my my time, unfortunately. Um, and I, I love this tweet because, uh, you know, it's it's got a wink in it. Uh, it's from a woman named Alfie. I'm assuming that's a woman. Who the hell knows anymore? Alfie Cohn. And she says this. Because balance in one's life is so important for mental health. I try to spend a roughly equal amount of time each day reading about the pandemic resurgence, the devastation caused by the growing climate crisis, and the right wing's assault on democracy. (laughs) There it is. There it is. Those three terrifying topics, all of which, I mean, I could literally spend every show we do on those three extremely important topics. The pandemic, the climate, and preserving our democracy. Hey, it's a rough job, but somebody has to do it. Anyway, um, so speaking of that, where do we go first? <clears throat> Actually, I was going to take us to Florida or Texas, but I um, I have read something that gave me pause because it said if Florida was a country right now, the United States would be considering whether or not to ban travel from the United States to Florida or allow anyone from Florida into the United States. And that is because the state of Florida is right up there in terms of its viral load um, so high that there are only two places on earth, on earth higher. And I believe, because I saw a 
a graph. I believe one is Botswana that you're not supposed to travel to. And uh, the other is Fiji. And I have to say that Louisiana is bringing up, uh, you know, probably fourth place. So um, if, if, I mean, anyone who does travel into one of these hotspots right now is out of their minds, out of their minds. You're likely living in a already substantial viral load location. But to go into one that's over the top and leading, leading the world uh, I think that would be a particularly stupid move. Uh, I and and that Florida, Florida, Louisiana, Texas, um, not as much in Louisiana, but Florida and Texas are two of these places that right now the governments in those states are literally enacting policies that will kill their residents. And despite all evidence that that is what they're doing, they're standing firm. Specifically two men, Ron DeSantis in Florida, and Jim Abbott in in Texas. It really is astonishing that someone elected to a position of such power would use that power not to protect their people, but to put them at risk. And I can't help but think that the reason these two men are doing that is because they're protecting their political futures, which they are unwilling to put at risk. This is one of those times when I really, 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 really wish I believed in heaven and hell because I know which locale those two are heading to. Uh, what did I read? Let's, you know what? Let's, let's head to Texas for a second because I've got, I've got, I've got some stuff I want to uh, share with you about uh Texas. It's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I'm in, I'm in a state of, uh, of absolute disbelief um, as to the criminality, the cruelty, the malfeasance of these Republican governors. I hate to take you back to Twitter, but I did see another tweet. And it broke my heart. My 90-year-old mother 
in central Texas is in the emergency room for a heart attack. The hospital is searching in a 300-mile radius for a bed so far unsuccessfully. And that is, of course, a direct result of Jim Abbott's policies and Fox News's demonization of science and the vaccine. And it is, of course, a direct result of people not being vaccinated because all of these COVID cases are overwhelming the hospitals again, just as they did in the early months when we looked on in horror. When news covered, you know, every day the horror of the hospitals in New York, the stress on the healthcare workers. And I think we're already inured. I think the media's moved on pretty much. And I don't know that people realize you're not getting vaccinated. Not only puts you at risk, but it puts everyone around you in risk. People you know and you don't know. Your own children, your own parents, your whatever. I mean, I needn't uh, berate you. Um, but it puts, it's not just COVID that is, is the result of this. It's hospitals so overwhelmed that they can't handle people who are having emergency, other problems, heart attacks, strokes, the stuff we used to go to an ER about. You can't get in. And also, because so many hospitals refuse to mandate that their workers be vaccinated, you're listening to me, UPMC, and they're doing it for fear that some of their more recalcitrant employees will quit and move on to some place, probably in the South, that's not quite as stringent because there's a nursing shortage now. So the nurses can go wherever they damn well please. Somebody tells them they have to have a vaccine, they can say, screw you. But what UPMC and the others aren't factoring in is by not insisting that their people be vaccinated, they are ensuring that more people will become infected, including their staff. And so their staff might be reduced, not because they leave in a huff because of a mandate, but because they're sick or in quarantine. I guess we're seeing that leadership at the corporate level, at the 
state level, the federal level, court leadership is a very difficult and maybe even rare thing. It requires courage. It does require risk-taking. But the kind of risks that balance not the leader's position, (laughs) security or safety, but the majorities, the communities, security and safety. Oh, gosh. And you know, when I saw this headline this weekend, something about the motorcycles coming, you know, you know, zooming into Sturgis. I thought, wait a minute. I thought it was like a mistake where they'd somehow reprinted uh, a story from last year. But of course, that was just a momentary uh, mistake on on my part. <laughs> because, no, yeah, you know, at the height of the pandemic last summer. They came roaring into Sturgis, unmasked, unvaccinated. There wasn't a vaccine. <laughs> and it has be, it is impossible to trace how many cases of COVID, how many deaths, hospitalizations resulted from those community-oriented bikers because they came from all over the country and then they dispersed to all over the country and it made any attempt to contract contact trace impossible. But some sort of, you know, people who know how to do such things, just sort of crunching the numbers, how many were there, how many places they went to, where they came from, da 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 said that Sturgis last year likely resulted in as many as a, almost a quarter of a million of COVID cases. And they're back. And they're back in bigger numbers. The governor of the state in which Sturgis sits, a horror of a human called Christy Nome, happily welcomed them and said, there's a risk associated with everything that we do in life. Bikers get that better than anyone. Sturgis sits in not only South Dakota, it sits in a county called Meade County, where the vaccination rate is substantially lower than the national average. Just 37% of the residents of Sturgis are vaccinated. So we know that no good, except for the South Dakota economy, No good is going to come of that. Tommy writes from Florida, hi, Lynn, former Pittsburgher living in Fort Lauderdale. Our governor is an asshole. 
along with the non-vaxxers. Yeah, well, man, stay, stay, stay inside. I don't know what to tell you. God bless you, and uh, stay safe. We have a caller. Caller, go ahead, please. Hello. Hello. I just beeped. Hello. Um, why doesn't Biden just give the Confederacy, Confederacy their independence, and then we can build a wall <laughs> around them? It just, it'll be a bigger wall, but let's build the wall. I've thought of that before, but we know that that's uh, – yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we should have let these guys go. We should have let them go. Abe Lincoln, the greatest president. I mean, man, buddy, if you could have time traveled to 2021, would you maybe have thought, fuck, let them go? (laughs) You know, all these yahoos down there who hate government, and and we have have our own haters here too, um, but, you know, in taxes and everything, just think how bad they would have it without any federal tax money because they we make we provide more tax I know yeah. the blue states the, the 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 blue states feed into the federal treasury and create all of the welfare <laughs> that goes to these people yeah it, it, and it, we're not you know and welfare of course we're talking about White idiots. That's what we're talking about. Yep. Yep. Um, I'm doing physical therapy for my shoulder. I'm trying to prevent as I have a rotator cuff situation. And my physical therapist, she's wonderful. But this this Friday, she left for New Orleans for a bachelorette party. Shit. And, uh, <laughs> and she, she goes, oh, oh, we'll be careful. <laughs> like, oh, dear. Well, you might want to not go to therapy for a few weeks after she returns. <clears throat> That's what I was wondering because, like, I, so I don't have a, a session until August twentieth, and I wonder if that's long enough out. Well, do the math. I mean, um, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you, you might want to make it the twenty seventh. I don't know your shoulder. Will, you know. Fat. You know the exercises. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I don't know. Listen, I'm getting on an airplane on Friday. Where are you you heading? I missed that. I'm sorry. I have to go. I I, believe me, I have. You can imagine how much I've tortured myself over this. Um, I have to go to Green Bay for my mother's 99th birthday. And I just. I can't not go. I can't for many reasons I'm not going to make public, but I just can't not go. How long a drive is it? 14 hours. Yeah. And it's just, no. Yeah, but I I have to tell you, I don't want to. I'm going to fly. I drove last time exactly for that reason. And it... I'm not a good long distance driver. I lose my mind. I just lose my mind. I, I, I but um, I don't know. You know, when I drove, I, 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 I don't know. 
I know I should drive, but then I'll have to take time off from, I'm just doing the weekend. So, you know, I, it, it, there's no way that I could like do oh, a show on Monday right. or even on Tuesday. And, and my son has to be at work. Oh, so I just don't see how it, it can work. So I'm, I don't know, scary stuff. It is. You, We're you, living in a, you know, we make my, I have a friend who was telling me that she has this like sense of a bucket that she holds with risks in it. And she allows herself you know, to take, okay, I, this is something I will take a slight risk for. Uh, but she she's very sparing in the way she does it. And and she was saying if she were I, she would probably use this if, from her risk basket too, but it would be a biggie. Mm. Um, I was, it's going to sound like I'm, I'm a physical mess. I was at my chiropractor last week too. <laughs> And uh, receptionist, I was talking with her. She was supposed to go see her son in Florida this week. Mm-hmm. But he called her and said, Mom, don't come down. Exactly right. And that I was thought, the right thing. I, I, well, no, he has COVID. His oh, girlfriend God. has has COVID. A friend of his from Pittsburgh who came to visit him and flew back here now has COVID. Yeah. Um, and, and he thinks where he got it was at a company event where one of where one of the guys who got COVID was not vaccinated. Now, all three of these people I just told you about are vaccinated. The yeah. guy they think they got COVID from at the company event, he was probably not. dying. He's probably going to die. Yeah. He said he, 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 he's, he's, he's hooked up and he's probably not going to make it out of the hospital. Well, it's, yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. It is sad. It's terrifying. And I'm not making you feel yeah. better. I'm sorry. No, you're not. So get out of here. Goodbye. Goodbye. Good luck. Okay. Goodbye and good luck to us all. Damn. All right. Um, I saw somebody uh, who put it this way that, like, in Florida, the governor there is playing chicken. He's playing a game of chicken with the virus. And I mean, this is the guy who sued the CDC over its requirement that cruise ship passengers be vaccinated. And he won. First of all, what idiot would get on a ship right now, a cruise ship? A judge later, I think, put a crimp in that in part because one of the cruise lines, Norwegian, also went to court and said we have a mandate we won't we don't want any unvaccinated person on our so we can't board people here in florida because we can't and and they at least norwegian was able to somehow supersede uh the governor i just i just can't Believe it now. You know, the hospitals in Florida are eliminating any procedures that 
you know, are not absolutely necessary. But in fact, as we hear from the Texas poor soul, it doesn't mean that they are able to really even find a space for somebody who's having a heart attack. The healthcare system just north of Broward County has more than 1,600 patients, which is way, way beyond anything they have ever had before. They've got beds in the cafeteria. They got beds in the conference rooms. They got beds in the auditorium because their governor is playing chicken with the virus because he thinks he's going to somehow come out ahead. And he's going to be a president of the United States someday. Mm. Here's something wonderful that happened as a result of all this stupidity and horror. If you've been following the efforts of the governor of Texas to not only kill as many of his citizens as he can, but also to suppress the votes of as many citizens as he can. Um, as you know, he keeps calling these special sessions to pass the um, these voter suppression bills. And what happened last time is they, uh, the Democrats, who have no power in that state, <clears throat> realize that their only way of preventing these bills from passing was to literally flee the state, depriving the legislature of a quorum so that the Republicans couldn't do their dirty work. Eventually, the Texas Democrats came back. They have refused to go to the latest session that he's called. And he has threatened them with arrest. The Democrats have now sued, brought some kind of a case, which I don't think they can win, um, attempting to say that the governor has no right to arrest them. But here's the funny thing. The session, the special session that Abbott called and that he's threatening to arrest the Democrats if they don't show up, it appears it will not be held. And it's not because of the Democrats. There are 10 Republican legislators who are not coming, a number that will likely grow. And it's because they have all been, I, I guess, infected with COVID. And so they have to quarantine or die for two weeks. And thus, the lack of a quorum for Abbott's second effort to 
suppress voting in his state is not going to happen because of his refusal to suppress COVID in his case. And it's the Republicans, of course, unvaccinated, who are falling ill and depriving him of the quorum. Is David Simon, the uh, genius behind uh, The Wire, that television show, series, said, God is a first-rate satirist. So there's that, which should make you happy. Now I do have to talk about, I'm just going to move, I'm not going to deal with climate today. I just can't. I read so many terrifying things uh, this morning about where we're heading that I can't uh, even, I just don't want to go there if you don't mind. Um, Our goose is pretty well cooked. And again, an inability for leaders to lead. I want to tell you about this amazing story I read that has nothing to do with any of this. And um, it's just as a respite. It's about a tradition that is starting to die in Albania. It's a tradition that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years, totally accepted. It's not often seen, but there it is. And what it is, is a woman living in Albania, a very traditional patriarchal, conservative country. A woman living there who did not want to be forced into a marriage, which was the case for most by the time they were 16, could, could choose to live as a man. Now, this isn't a trans thing, necessarily. It is... To live as a man, to not marry. Albanians over the centuries called these women forced virgins. They were still referred to by feminine pronouns. And even though they might take a masculine name, their legal name remained the feminine name. So they take an oath of lifelong celibacy for one reason, to enjoy the privilege of being a male. And they receive it. They can go out alone. They are allowed to make family decisions. 
They are allowed to smoke and drink and in every way be a man. And the article profiles some of these some of these women. And they're amazing. Some did it because there were no men in the family. And it was their way of hanging on to some control of their farm or whatever. Sort of like becoming a nun. (laughs) And um, a lot of men had died in wars and in blood feuds. And somehow these women uh, living as men are immune from the blood feuds. So if you got a big blood feud going and all of the men in your family have died as a result and a woman steps up and says, I'm a man, I will live as a a man, she slash he will not have to fight. And they had these quotes from these women and my God, that was all that was available to them if they didn't want to be chattel because legally and the social norms classify women living there as chattel whose only purpose was to serve men. Now the tradition is starting to die because even Albania is starting to loosen up. So a girl could maybe say, I'm not going to marry. I'm going to go live somewhere else and I'm going to, you know, be my own person. And strangely, when some of these women made this choice, and they make the choice usually as a teenager, when they make this choice, they are not, you know, doing so, but, you know, as a saying that as a protest of, against conventional gender norms, they are submitting to traditional gender norms. That if you want to live relatively freely, if you want to have a measure of power and control of your life, then you got to be a guy. And a lot of these women are transphobic, they're homophobic. It had nothing to do with that, although you got to believe that some of these women are perhaps lesbians and would be transsexuals, right? So There are now less drastic ways for a woman to live a fuller life. But I find it fascinating that this was something that a culture agreed upon and allowed. It's almost liberal. For them to allow certain women to 
avoid the appalling female role and to give up her sexuality to live freely as a celibate man. Anyway, I found it interesting. And um, I, I, I want to use the rest of the time today, maybe, I'm assuming some of you might want to jump in on this next, next subject, um, about something that happened to me, I think it was Thursday night. I was driving home. It was dark. I was driving home from a friend's where I had had uh, dinner. And I was heading down a pretty, you know, a pretty big street, Penn Avenue. And all of us, there was quite a few cars on the road. Not, I wasn't just by myself. There wasn't a clear shot. There were cars in front of me, cars in both lanes. And all of a sudden, I'm buzzed. Uh, I hear a buzz, and I look, and a young person on a scooter um, is zipping behind, you know, I see in the rearview mirror, they zip behind my car across a lane and across the lanes of the oncoming traffic. Then three more, I'm seeing these, uh, their headlights, three more are buzzing. They're buzzing like little insects in and out of traffic, standing on one of these scooters that the city has put out there. They had on no helmets. They were having the time of their life a life I felt watching them was definitely in danger because they were using the scooters uh, irresponsibly as clearly young people will do. They look to be teenagers, two girls, two boys, and they continued in and out onto the sidewalk, onto pen, in and out of traffic, cr paying attention to no lights or stop signs, zipping around, having a field day. And I felt like I was dodging them. I was like, yeah, I was so afraid of running into one of them. And I get up to the a big intersection, Penn Avenue and Fifth Avenue, and one of them goes tearing with a red light, tearing across Fifth Avenue until, oh, yeah, a few cars come at him, cars that had the green light. And he did a U.E. and came zooming back and laughing. And, and I was thinking, uh, I hope these kids get home alive. I also had hoped there was a, law enforcement officer around. I uh, 
I don't know what any of you have experienced with the scooters. They are becoming very prevalent in my neighborhood. And it's almost always kids that I see on them. And they're having a ball. And I understand that. It does look like fun. But I'm also seeing these scooters in alleys dumped, lying in the gutter, abandoned here and there. What is the, I, I understand that this is something that the city thinks is a good alternative means of, you know, sort of like the bikes they put out, um, an alternative means of transportation <laughs> so we can stop using so many cars. But what I'm wondering is, do they, when this came to Pittsburgh, who, is this a, I don't know. I may, I maybe I missed something. Are there rules governing these things, and are the rules enforced at all? There, what I witnessed on uh, Thursday night was a, a disaster uh, waiting to a real catastrophe uh, waiting to happen. On my part, I didn't want to run into any of them. On the other, I didn't want a car breaking because of them to cause me to run into the car. I don't, I was left, I was really shaken by it. When I finally was able to pull off of Penn Avenue onto a quieter residential street, I was, whoa. And I did. I set up almost a prayer for me that those kids survived the night. So I can't believe that this is not going to become a more contentious uh, issue. I really, I can't believe it. And I'm I'm also wondering, so who's is somebody making money off of this, like the company? Did they have a contract with the city? The city had to have signed off. Does the city get I mean, these are they were moving at a pretty good clip. I don't know how fast these things can go. But it looked to me like they were going like twenty miles an hour easily. Maybe it was just because they were zipping around like, you know, like, you know, insects <laughs> zip, zip, zip. and and not following you know the rules of staying in a lane and staying straight so clearly the kids i saw were not using this uh in the manner in which it was expected to be used zach's telling me it's 15 mile top speed wow it sure seemed more so than that but yeah, I'd like to know more. I don't know. Are they? I think my assumption is is they're supposed to stay in the bike lanes. I don't know. 
And I don't know how much they cost to use. I mean, surely you have to pay. I, I don't know anything about it. How do I not know anything about this? If any of you have some information, you can send it to me. Uh, Bree writes, uh, we've had scooters in all the cities I've lived in, and he's lived all over Asia. Singapore banned them, <laughs> which is a longer story. I could, well, if I could have banned them uh, Thursday, I, I would have too. Not until there were some rules and, and uh, structures and understanding in place. I mean, can anybody have one of these things? Do you need a driver's license? You don't need a driver's license to be on the road on a bike. But these things are, I don't know, I don't know, scared the hell out of me. And my fear was, as I said, more for them and their joyous juvenile stupidity, and uh, but also for people that were on the road trying not to have to live with uh, with someone's death on their hands. Really. So, thank you, Zach. Zach uh, has sent me the, the rules. It's important to wear a helmet when riding a scooter. <laughs> well, yeah, none of them were. I've never seen somebody. The kids I've seen don't have helmets. I've never seen somebody on one of these scooters with a helmet on. Okay, so they're not wearing helmets. You have to download an app to register for an account. Use a bike lane when available. Don't ride on sidewalks. Hmm. Be courteous. Stay alert. Don't use headphones while you ride. Yield to pedestrians. You must be 18 years or older with a valid driver's license to opposite. These kids, I doubt that. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Follow all street signs, signals, and markings, and obey local traffic laws. Okay. Well, what I saw were none of these things were being done, but clearly some one of these kids or somebody had access to the scooters by an, through an account. Um, And I don't know, so somebody comes and picks up all these scooters that are just sort of left lying around? Because it says, park your scooter by the edge of the sidewalk, near bike racks or in designated scooter drop zones. Make sure it's upright. Well, believe me, I've seen, again, avoid blocking sidewalks, access ramps, bus stops, and landscaped areas. Well, what I have seen is a lot of that, much of it not being, not being followed. So, um, I, I just wonder where where is the city in this? This is a private. This is oh, this is from Move Pittsburgh. Um, I just I I really don't know. 
They are to be operated as you would operate a bike, with a few exceptions. Uh, they cannot be on roads with speed limits above 25 miles per hour. Well, then, uh, oh, okay. Parks and cemeteries are off limits, as are dense pedestrian areas. Huh. Well, who can I contact for emergencies or complaints? Okay. Well, thank you for all of this. I appreciate this, uh, Zach. Way to go. Helmets are not required. Okay. They are not required. But they're strongly encouraged, sort of like man, you know, sort of like uh, vaccinations. Um, so the group that's doing this is called DOMI. What does that stand for? I still can't see that. Uh, we've taken great steps to put policies in place to make sure scooters are spread evenly throughout the city. Uh, I don't know. Pittsburgh's Department of Mobility and Infrastructure will be collecting information on the scooter's effect over the course of the two-year pilot program. So, okay, this is going to go on for two years. Well, maybe what I saw was what happens when something new, uh, you know, comes out and uh, people still aren't clear about how you use it or whatever. But, wow, that uh, that was something. Huh. It costs a dollar to start a trip. So you have to – you're out a dollar to – and then 39 cents per minute. Huh. Well, those were four scooters. And they were zipping around. I mean, of course, it, I only saw three or four minutes of their, of their joyousness. Uh, whatever. All right. Well, thank you. I know a lot more. But... Uh, I'm going to uh, definitely uh, make, you know, whatever happened to me, make it known. Okay? All right. Well, okay. I said I wasn't going to do climate. I'm going to do climate. Uh, I want to start with, hang on here, guys with something that I, I thought, you know, of all the horror that I read. Wait a minute. Uh, Chuck, excuse me. I'm just back. Chuck says, we've had an explosion of scooters on my street in the south suburbs. Most are being operated here by preteens. That's what I'm seeing. But you can't be a preteen because you don't have your your driver's license. Are people like adult, are parents getting them and letting the kids ride them? I, I don't understand. Now, 
these are the ones that are specifically the the city ones. They they're they're black with a yellow. They're black and yellow, of course. Big shock. They wear no helmets. This is what Chuck's saying. They fly down my street at what appears to be speeds that are just as fast as the cars. That does look like it, doesn't it? And of course, these kids have no fear. It's just a matter of time that someone's going to get seriously injured. Yeah, well, that was my sense, uh, too. Uh, So this is a pilot program that, uh, from a provision included in the state uh, budget. And they have uh, been uh, met with a lot of uh, vitriol in uh, many cities because the scooters get left all over the sidewalks in inconvenient location. People zoom past pedestrians on sidewalks. And this is, and um, I guess Pittsburgh knew all that heading into this and intends to try to address those issues. Well, uh, so far, not so good. (laughs) I know it's early. We're just early into this, right? Very early into this. But, um, man. And this is um, this is actually Ryan Dito's reporting that was in City Paper. He says they're hoping that this will be uh, better here in Pittsburgh. And he says, for one, Pittsburgh's e-scooters must be ridden on streets, bike lanes, or trails and are prohibited on sidewalks. Well, yeah, that only happens if it's policed. Because that's not what was going on that I saw. So anyway, it's, uh, wow. They do look like fun. If I were not, you know, an old fart with bad injury, um, man, I would have been on one of those in a second. I mean, in my 20s, 30s, 40s, really, it just looks like fun. So. Okay, so um, this that I want to share with you. As you know, um, I guess this was a was it a United Nation? Anyway, some international organization has released a report which should chill <laughs> should chill you um, about uh, the future of the planet and how warm it's going to be. Uh, And here's what I thought the most, uh, the thing I read that was most hopeful (laughs) says, dear Lord, it is too late to reverse the damage done to the Earth's climate. It is not too late. Course, right away, and things from getting far worse. And that's sort of, in a nutshell, the uh, the scientific 
consensus that has presented to the leaders of the world. It's the most complete synthesis of all the climate science available. Research of thousands of different papers assessing how the combustion of coal, oil, and gas have altered the Earth's climate and with it, human destiny. The report essentially says our goose is cooked, but there are different, you know, ways to write the final chapters here. And that is what we're seeing right now is what we're going to have and then some. Because we are now on course to have a much, much worse and there's nothing we can do about the. Uh, it's going to be worse and getting worse for the next 20 years. And there's nothing we can do about that. That's been set. The way things are now, there'll be billions of human beings facing life-threatening heat waves like we're seeing, right? Like we're seeing. And we're, all the stuff the scientists were telling us would happen, we're starting to see happen. The droughts destroying California agriculture and a lot of other Western states' agriculture. It's creating tinderbox conditions that are creating the largest wildfires in history. None of that is going to get better. It's going to get worse. Entire towns will be disappeared. They already are. We're going to see more record-breaking heat. We are going to see more frequent flooding. We are going to see frequent droughts and the rising sea levels endangering cities. And as we have seen, too, making like uh, big, tall buildings all of a sudden just crumble. All those changes are, as the report says, baked in. The report says the only thing we can do at this point is to prevent worst case consequences. If the planet warms another two degrees Celsius, the picture really gets worse. And odds are it, that will happen. But at four degrees, more Celsius, according to the report, the world will be unrecognizable. So I got to tell you guys, this is, it's up to the leaders of the world's most powerful nations and companies and capitalism 
to determine which path we will take. Does that make you feel better? Seeing what you've seen of global leadership and the way capitalism decides to do things? Because limiting this steady rise of temperatures is going to require huge structural changes to the way we've been living. The way we produce electricity and heat buildings and move around and produce food. It's something. And given what we know, as I said, about the way things work, I don't know. Let me get your, I see I've got some emails here. Let me get your emails in and then I'll have to say goodbye. Uh, Brooke writes, Lynn, a couple of months ago, there was an item about an actress in New York that was killed when she was hit by someone on a scooter. Yeah, they never caught the guy. Henry writes, Lynn, the scooters have become relatively inexpensive to buy, and people are simply purchasing them now for private use. We see them all over the suburbs now. Okay, so the ones you're seeing in the suburbs are not the city ones. Obviously not, because the cities are the are, are you know out there put out there by the city. Um, yeah, so the rich folks in the suburbs can buy them. Yeah, and Bree tells me about the actress. Um, her name was Lisa Barnes. She appeared in Gone Girl and Cocktail. Lisa, the scooter passed through a red traffic light before hitting the 65-year-old and fleeing the scene. And Bree says this is what was happening in Singapore, and they banned them. Well, that's it. Okay. That's all I got. I had more, but I didn't get it in. So uh, tomorrow, maybe we'll uh, talk about some other stuff or not. And uh, we'll be joined by my sister, of course, Susan. My old, old, old kid sister in her eighth decade. God almighty. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm starting to mutter. Have a good day. Stay cool, okay? Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.